folding pocket. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hi, I'm Danny Pellegrino from the Everything Iconic podcast. And who doesn't love a classic burger from McDonald's? That's right, McDonald's classic burgers are hotter, juicier, and tastier than ever. The patties are cooked to juicy perfection. I love the cheese perfectly melted on top. I love the Big Mac that has special sauce in every bite. I love the pillowy soft golden bun. So in the words of the Hamburglar, which I believe means grab McDonald's best burgers ever before Hamburglar does at a McDonald's near you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. Sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends April 30th. See site for details. The Fast and the Curious is part of the ACAST Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello and welcome back to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover. Uh, and me, Christian Hugill. Hello, this is a Formula One podcast with me, with Betty, and it's co-hosted by The Drivers. Which is nice, isn't it? <laughs> Very nice. And also, Mr. Greg James, our team principal, who is back this week. Hello. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the Lando and Sexy Gasly chat. Sexy Gasly. Yeah, you know, like in The Simpsons where it's stupid, sexy Flanders. I can't not see Gasly's name and not go stupid, sexy Gasly. <laughs> Well, I'm sure he'll be uh, thrilled with that. Oh, he w- no, he will. If you come onto a podcast and get called sexy on the episode after, you're going to be well happy with that if you're a Formula One driver. I think we've secured him coming back. But well, all of that is available on the last episode and you can get that on the feed. But while you're here, you might as well stick around because we're going to go through some more of your questions. We're going to tap into the mind of Christian Hugill. Plus, we'll have a look ahead to race number two, which is in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and also coming up, Becky actually slid into our DMs after hearing that we had Alex Alban on saying, please tell him that he's one of her favourite drivers and she'd like a good few minutes of him telling us all about his pets, in particular his cats. Well, Becky, let me tell you, he did that in a lot of detail. I came back from a race and then four more arrived. Four? Yeah, yeah they, they took four of the litter. <laughs> I, I am a cat person, but I'm not. I'm not like that. The family has made me look crazy. The do- We just had a, got a dog. That somehow made its way after I got back from a race weekend. That's just, that's how it is, you know. And we have a horse. The horse is not obviously in the house. <laughs> yeah, that, that lives in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That one's in a, our, our neighbour has a, uh, like a field. So that, stays that is brilliant. 
We've got that. We've got listeners' questions. But first, Christian, you've got some actual F1 team news. One of the things I'm liking about this podcast is people text me when they're listening to it like it's in real time. So they're obviously listening to it. I'm getting out the shower. And one of the people who dropped me a text while they were listening works for McLaren. A little bit of a Bahrain Grand Prix debrief. McLaren had a bit of a bad start and we can tell you exactly what went wrong. So Lando retired with an engine problem, McLaren have told us directly. And uh, Oscar Piastri had an incredibly unusual problem in that it was a problem with the steering column, which is basically what connects the steering wheel to the wheels. And that was why if you were watching closely on the race, you might have seen them try a new steering wheel and it didn't work. So that is McLaren getting directly in touch with this podcast to tell us what went wrong. But the team were very happy with how Oscar went on over the course of the weekend, I'm told. All of their data that they get throughout the weekend, Friday practice, Saturday qualifying, the race itself, before Oscar's technical problem, he was in very good pace. He was keeping up with Lando to an extent that they would like. He wasn't too slow considering it's his very first race. He had a great start to life at McLaren, Oscar Piastri, until it all went wrong. So that is our breaking McLaren news. And further breaking McLaren news, TikTok suggests to me today that Lando Norris has bought a Fiat Jolly. Greg, are you aware of Fiat Jollies? Because you're quite a car person. Love a Fiat Jolly. Yes, it's a beautiful old uh, Fiat, isn't it? Like, a, it's a vintage. It is a vintage, yeah. Bella! Bella is just delivering Greg his dinner as we speak. Oh! What, what is it, Greg? Well, I ordered... I've ordered um, Deliveroo. This now sounds like we're about to go into an advert, but we're not. Um, they Unfortunately, they haven't paid us. But I, I thought I'd done a future time one, but it's arrived now. What is it? Chicken uh, chicken noodles. Anyway, don't let that interrupt You're, you're going to sit here eating your noodles as we try and... Uh... <laughs> well, no, I'll just... I'll, I'll quietly slurp them. <laughs> I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> anyway, but no, the, I saw that. Yeah, the Fiat Jolly is a sort of beautiful old sort of Fiat... 500 or Cinquecento, but they're convertible and they are beautiful, beautiful little things. They're sort of bright primary colours. They're, they're so, so nice. But it's not the supercar you'd expect a Formula One driver to buy, is it? It's well, not I think like, it is. Is it? So, you know, if, he, if he's got a McLaren, it's no, so what? He's got a Formula One car, it doesn't matter. So you might as well buy a slow, brilliant old thing. Yeah, true. I've just Googled it and it looks a bit like an ice cream van sort of thing, like, with, like <laughs> the one I'm looking at with the like top. What a great choice, a classy choice for a vintage car. Anyway, our friends at McLaren News, Lando had an engine problem, Oscar had a steering column problem, Oscar went rather well and looked good and has encouraging early signs and Lando's bought a Fiat Jolly and there'll be more McLaren news as and when we get it. I really like McLaren news, it's good. Yeah, we should make a jingle. McLaren news! But we'll think about it. We'll think about it. We'll work on that one, Christian. We'll work on that one. Um, Rude. I, I think I should be given points for trying, personally, but fine. Do they give F1 drivers points for trying? No. They're given points for winning or finishing in the top 10. All right, team principal. You're supposed to be... I, I like an arm around the shoulder management approach. I don't like this pressure being applied to me here. So, Greg, you've gone through what else we're going to talk about in this podcast episode, but I believe you've also lined something up that you haven't, you haven't told us about. What is it? That's right, Betty. And I've been preparing this. This is an impromptu round of Beat the Christian. As team principal, it's always good to keep your drivers on their toes. I've come up with a brand new game. You're about to hear four pieces of audio. These pieces of audio have been recorded from some of your best friends, Formula One cars. Mm. 
Right. <laughs> the sounds you're about to hear come from either a V6, a V8, a V10, or a V12 engine. All you have to do is tell me whose V is whose it anyway? V is it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> now, before we get into this game, a lot of the listeners, quite rightly, will be going, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that is a valid question. So let me try and explain. Over the years, Formula One engines have been all sorts of different Vs. So V6, V8, V10, V12. And the, the V is how the cylinders are assembled or aligned in the car. So the cylinder is the chamber where the fuel is combusted and the power is generated. So if you've got a V6 car, that means you've got six cylinders Eight is eight cylinders, ten is ten, and then twelve a V12 is twelve cylinders. The noises that these different engines make are very, very different. And here's the game. I'm gonna play you some recordings of some engines, and you're gonna tell me what you think it's a V10, a V12, a V8, or a V6. You ready, Christian? Oh, well, okay, you've beat the Christian. I can already guarantee you of that. I I died. Christian, back yourself. Come on, lad. You haven't even listened to it yet. <laughs> Come on, lads. Okay, here we go with the first one. Uh, I'm going to play that one more time, if that's okay. Please. I believe that was the era that I started watching Formula One. See, this is really good. Even though you don't think you know, I do think you know. Think think about the memories that that noise, that tone, that timbre brings back. And I know that V8s came in in 2006 and I started watching in the era before V8. So I would suggest... V6. Kristen, you're going to kick yourself. That's actually a V8. Oh, it's a V8, is it? Right. Okay. Well, I was close. I was, I was close. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would give you a point for your workings there because you, you did know, you recognised it. It set off a little memory. I knew it, it was six or eight, but I thought it was maybe an, a, a step older than it was. Let's hear audio clip number two, please. That is definitely... Older. Based on what I'm learning, older, probably more cylinders, because the current engines, I think, are V6. So would that be V10? Audio clip two is V12. Oh, right. (laughs) What era is that from? They were the old 1950 to 1995. Yeah, well, I I knew it was older, but I, yeah, didn't know that. I wonder if I'll get one. Well, the interesting thing, though, about this, I mean, sort of interesting, maybe maybe we've lost people, but... You've lost me. The number of cylinders, oh God, the number of cylinders are (laughs) reducing because cars are getting more, I guess, efficient. Yes. And they're trying to be better for the environment. Of course. Audio clip number three. That, again, I think is when I started watching F1. I think that's early 2000s or late 90s. So going on what I've learned on this, that will be V10. He's got it. Yay! Well done, that's Christian. It. It's a V10. Got one. V10s were between 1996 and 2005. And then they thought they were too, too big, too strong, too wasteful. So they decided to reduce them to V8s. Final one then. You should know. It's the last one. Let's have a listen to it. Audio bit number four. 
that is a current F1 engine. And the current F1 engines are V6. Correct. I actually got that right as well. I listened through to them all and I was like, that last one, <laughs> that is now. Now look, that may well have been a boring game and I apologise for that. However, there is an interesting point in there in that the engines have got smaller. They're getting better at making engines that are, you know, more efficient and more powerful but are less bad for the world. Which is a good thing. And Formula One also is trying hard to do that. I mean, when I went to Bahrain last year, I remember being surprised that since the last time I'd been in an F1 paddock, it's a completely plastic-free, for example. So F1's trying in some areas. Yeah, it's plastic-free. Um, but they are flying around the world in the most bizarre combination of destinations ever. Which F1 intends to fix long term. They do want to go zonal within the next 10 years and have our races in America, our races in the Middle East, which is a lot more logical and is currently the way F1 is moving. But it is a, quite complicated with contracts and, you know, for example... You have to have the Melbourne Grand Prix in the spring, but not the summer because it's too hot and not the winter because it's too cold. So it is more complicated than you think. But F1 is trying to do it more zonally at some point. That will come in later down the line. They've got to do something, haven't they? The F1 schedule is like me if I go into Tesco's without a shopping list. (laughs) (laughs) You get all your meat while you're in the meat aisle. Don't go back later on. Yeah, Yeah, I go, oh, I I, I need to get some veg. Oh, hang on. No, I might go and get some wine now. Oh, no, I need to go back and get some cereal. Just be methodical, please, Formula One. Somebody called Molly actually got in touch with us on Instagram and this has just sparked my memory because I was reading um, this message from her today and she said, uh, knowledge question for Christian, is there a history behind the schedule order because they just seem to be travelling all over the bloody place and then she sent a photo of her her season wall chart. Molly's on the same page. Well, no, as I say, it does evolve over the years and F1 has got plans to... to make it more regional as in regions of the world so do all the ones in america do all the ones in the far east for example but uh for reasons i've just explained that will that will take time do you have a f1 wall chart christian no i do not i live in a rented flat and therefore can't stick anything on the wall (laughs) surely you can get come on you can get some blue tack that comes off yeah but that takes the paint off with it no it doesn't you can get some white blue tack that you kind of like rub off and it doesn't take the paint off with it so just repaint it well yeah exactly and that was today's Beat the Christian, a new game which probably won't ever come back again. Whose V is it anyway? And that's <laughs> whose V it was. Well, I thought that was delightful, Greg, to be honest. You clearly put a lot of work into it. So <laughs> do you know what? I'm sure the listeners are going to absolutely love it. But if anyone is listening to this podcast and think they have a better idea for how we can beat the Christian... Impossible. Get in touch with us. It won't, won't, won't be a better idea because that did beat me. We've learned I don't know cylinder numbers very well. So if- you're being polite, but it, it was one of the most boring things I've ever had to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was questioning my uh, existence. All right, don't have a go. <laughs> Qu- questioning my existence. Anyway. <laughs> we're, la- we're labouring the point here. If anybody wants to get in touch with us, because they've got a better idea than Greg, fastandcurious at acast.com is the best place. Email us, or you can DM us on Instagram uh, at fastandcuriouspod, or contact us on TikTok as well, because we're on there too, the Fast and the Curious Pod. So yeah, let us know if you've uh, got any better ideas to beat Christian. But Christian, as we've warmed your brain up now, I wouldn't say warmed it up, I'd say traumatised it, but go on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just trying to eat my noodles. (laughs) How are they, by the way? Delicious. 
Oh my God, oh, it's dripping God. out of your mouth, Greg. Um, right. <laughs> Christian, you're on a roll. We've got some listener questions because we get all of them uh, coming in and we've picked out a few of our favourites. So let's start with Jack, shall we? What if I don't know them? Well, you will know them. Oh my God, he's having a confidence crisis now. I hope now. I will now. Don't I have am. a confidence crisis. You've yeah. got this. This is a good question from Jack. I think you'll enjoy okay. it. Um, two parts to his question. One, what are the cars who have no chance of winning the championship battling for? Is it like football where you kind of, the higher you finish, the more money you get? Uh, Yeah, I do know this one. I'm glad about that. Yes, they are. It is similar to football. So the team who finishes eighth in the Premier League gets more prize money than the team that finishes ninth in the Premier League. It's exactly the same with the Formula One Constructors Championships. The Constructors, the Teams World Championship, is the most important because every place means millions and I mean millions of dollars in prize money so if you've seen the last series of Drive to Survive when they were going on about the battle between McLaren and Alpine for what would have been what fourth in the championship that is because that one position in the championship is massive I kind of feel like they should have like a relegation sort of thing as well but yeah we can talk about that another time don't don't mess with the sport it's not cricket (laughs) well actually on on Betty's point I've feel like they could make it more public the amount of money up for grabs or the yeah you know like when you're watching a quiz show you like to know how much you know brian from sutton coalfield's gonna win don't you he presents one reality tv show and he wants to turn the f1 constructors championship into who wants to be a millionaire with the money tree that's what's happening here so i really don't see a problem with that i'm sorry i'm sorry if i i'm sorry if i dislike formats so much you know for, for, formats like who's veers it anyway <laughs> Oh, my God. Right, let's move on. Let's move on to Jack's second question. Christian, man, hold it together. Are the drivers like players trying to show that they can perform to get a move to a better club? Yes, they are. That's exactly what they're doing. And also, I suppose they've got to show when they do get that chance that they can make it. So when Red Bull gave... Max Verstappen, his debut in their B team in 2015, he was 17. And it's like, is this kid going to sink or swim? Uh, And he swum. (laughs) He swum really, really well. Pierre Gasly, for example, who was on the last episode, Pierre was promoted to Red Bull Racing from Alpha Tauri, Red Bull's B team. And it didn't work out like Pierre would have wanted it to. He ended up back at Alpha Tauri. But he did a really good job at Alpha Tauri uh, when he went back. He really dragged that team up the grid. And now he's got a chance. Alpine have got ambitions. They want to be up there with Ferrari, with McLaren. You know, like Aston Martin have done, taking a big step. Alpine want to do that. And P- this is Pierre's big chance to show, listen, if this team does what it wants to do and gets right to the top, I can be the one that leads it. So that's exactly what's happening. The drivers are being put in and it's a case of can you perform well enough to keep your place and then attract the attention of the big teams as well. I don't think I really know enough about Alpha Tauri why they exist, how they exist. Would you like me to tell you something about AlphaTauri? Is it funded by Red Bull then? Well, I've just bought an AlphaTauri top in the Formula One merchandise store discount sale. Oh my God. Ah, see, that that speaks volumes that it's already on discount and we're not even at race two. Yeah. <laughs> 
actually, it's actually a fair play. It's actually last year's model. Uh, right, Alpha Tauri is also owned by Red Bull. In the past, Red Bull haven't liked it when I've called it the Red Bull B team. They've told me, told me off a little bit for it when I was at the BBC. It's effectively the case, right? And they use it to give drivers an opportunity. So Yuki Tsunoda at the moment, if he absolutely storms this season, when Sergio Perez eventually leaves Red Bull, it might well be that Red Bull think, well, Yuki did a really good job at AlphaTauri, so we'll promote him. It's exactly what happened with Max Verstappen, but that is basically what AlphaTauri exists for. Interesting. Greg, I've got a request for you, actually, because you know you've started to build up a bit of a reputation for yourself for sliding into driver's DMs. Yes. Can you get Yuki on? Because I just think it would be just so lovely if we could speak to him. Love to speak to Yuki Sonoda. Yeah. So, right, I'm doing it now. Oh, fantastic. You're DMing Yuki Sonoda. Yeah. I love this. I said, Yuki, we love you on our Formula One podcast. We'd love to have you on. We've had Lewis, George, Alex, Logan. Lando. Lando, Oscar. Have you said Pierre? That's his best mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had Pierre. Should I call him Sexy Gasly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is sexy. We've had Pierre, bracket Sexy Gasly. <laughs> And even Toto. Sexy Toto, sexy Pierre. Right, there you go. I've sent it. Well done, Greg. Mm. He's also got an email, which you can <laughs> contact at yukisanoda.com. <laughs> we'll obviously keep everyone updated with whether or not Yuki slides back into your DMs and replies to you. But do we have time for another listener's question? Please, always. We always have time for our listeners. Well, shall we hear from Anna then? She sent us in this. I got into F1 last year when I had tickets to see the Singapore Grand Prix and I quickly became quite obsessed. Last year, there was a lot of talk about cost cap breaches and I'd like to understand more what that actually means. And if there is a cap on team spending, then why are the winning prizes so important as surely they won't be able to spend it all due to their cost cap limits? Thank you. Mm, yeah, the cost cap. I mean, there's so much money flying around. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Tell us, tell us what we need to know about the cost cap, Christian. Okay, so the cost cap came into F1 in 2021. The aim of it was to stop F1 being a sort of battle of who could spend the most money and make the field more evenly spread, i.e., not just make sure that it's only Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull that have regular chances of winning. However, to answer Anna's question, some teams have to battle just to get to the cost cap. The cost cap is higher than the smaller teams would like it to be. And that is why the Constructor Championship, as we were saying earlier, is so important. If you are winning your money through the Constructors' Championship, it takes away the pressure to get sponsors. If Williams, they were 10th in the Constructors' Championship last year, if they went to 9th or 8th this year, that could make a real difference in making sure they stay at the cost cap level, making sure they hit that upper level. You explained that quite well, I think, Christian. I love how surprised she sounds, just because I didn't know one V bloody engine. Right. You've got to get over that now. Yeah, let it go, Christian. (laughs) We don't need to talk about that V thing anymore. Um, From cost cap to corners... Okay, this is from Sophie. She says, thanks so much for the pod. She's really enjoying it. Learning so much on her first proper season of watching F1, which is really nice. Welcome to the gang, Sophie. Uh, Her question is, she can't for the life of her get her head around the types of turns and what they mean, especially the chicanes. Um, And this is probably a good time to answer this question, isn't it, Christian? Because Saudi 
has the most corners, right? It does, yeah. There are loads of different types of corners. They all have the same principle, though. Don't worry too much about the different types. You're sort of looking for the fastest way round the corner. That's the racing line. Moving a wheel, left or right, slows the car down. Now, teams analyze corners really deeply, and they kind of split that up into three. You've got corner entrance, the braking. Is the car stopping smoothly enough? Is it stopping quickly enough? Part two, the middle part of the corner. Is it gripping in the middle part of the corner? That's called the apex. And then finally, the exit of the corner. So is it exiting smoothly? You're not getting too much wheel spin. The sooner you get your foot down on the exit of the corner, the higher speeds you're going to reach by the end of the straight. So loads of different types of corners, but don't worry too much about them. It's all fundamentally the same thing. You're trying to get round it as quickly as you possibly can. Great, a great explanation. And also something that I practice when driving my car, which is on country lanes, if it's safe to do so, try and take the racing line and just try and get those corners. If, if it's safe to do so, it, I find that incredibly fun. Do you actually? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Do you not do the racing line? Do you not pretend you're driving a Formula One car and you're driving your actual car? No, I never do. But maybe I've got something hanging off the front of my car at the moment, like this plastic flap. So I have to actually be quite careful. Like a, like a, a deer. <laughs> no, not a, not a deer. And Betty had the audacity last week to say that I'm a bad driver <laughs> as there is something hanging off her Skoda Fabia. <laughs> the, type, the types of corner, the famous ones are the chicane, which is a quick in and out, and the hairpin, because it looks like a hairpin. Yeah. That's good. And it's, it's all about reducing the distance. You don't need to, you don't need to go around the all, all of the corner. You want to sort of, yeah. you cut out before you cut in onto the corner. Otherwise you're wasting loads of time and distance. Can you, are you a good driver then, Greg? Yes. You sound like you know what you're talking about. I really am a good driver. That's one of my best skills in life. Have you ever gone go-karting? Have I ever gone go-karting? That's basically all I used to do. Yes. I love go-karting. I'm really good at go-karting. I used to, I did rally driving. I loved it. I'm, I love Anything to do with cars. Bloody hell. When you were younger, did you ever go to Legoland? Yeah, of course I did. I got my driving license. Did you? Did. You got your driving license. I'm so yeah. jealous because I tried to get my driving license twice and they didn't pass me. I was like the only... They failed you at Legoland. <laughs> they failed me, like genuinely. You should not be allowed near a car. Well, I sat there, I think, and just cried the whole time because I didn't know how to start the car. But it was just quite scary. But um, I'm not doing my... I'm not covering myself in glory. No. Like, I actually think I'd be... If we, if the three of us raced each other, I would be very good. Like, I, I, I'm competitive. My eyes are in, like... <laughs> your eyes are in what? In the right position, your head... <laughs> You have eyes. My eyes are open. I've got, I've got good eyesight. <laughs> I can see. Anyway, should we move on? Um, no. Well, no. I've, I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited for our team go karting adventure, which we will definitely do. I, I'm just excited to see Betty's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, what was I trying to say? I was trying to say that my. I don't know. I never know. <laughs> 2020 vision. Yeah, 2020 vision exactly. Yeah. Um, which okay. isn't quite true because yeah. I wear contact lenses. But let's move on. Um, <laughs> That's why you keep hitting animals. Shall we hear from the what? I've never hit an animal, Greg. Don't start that. Shall we? You hear? wouldn't even know if you. You wouldn't even know if you did. You wouldn't be able to see it, except for that time at Legoland. This is so bad. Um, right, let's hear from Alex Albon. Then he can drive. His eyes are in the right in the right place. He's a good driver. <laughs> Williams, Alex Albon. Christian, give us a little bit of context. Explain who he is for those that don't know. Well, he's got eyes. <laughs> and they're in the right place. And there's two of them. I'm sorry. 
Are you not trying? Oh, God, yeah. Sorry. Would you like me to do the intro? Okay. Alex Albon and his lovely eyes made their debut in 2019. Right, are you composed now, dear? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm fine. Go on then. Tell us about Alex Albon. Alex made his F1 debut in 2019, same year as George Russell and Lando Norris. He impressed and was very quickly promoted to Red Bull. And he drove in the second half of 2019 at Red Bull and all of 2020. But then he was um, made Red Bull's test driver in 2021. So he had to endure a sort of year on the sidelines. But then he was given a chance to return to the grid at Williams last year. And he did a fantastic job. Uh, and he started this year in the best possible way because it looks like Williams have taken a step forward. We love Williams on this podcast. Uh, they had a really, really good Bahrain. Both Logan and Alex looked fantastic and Alex got a point for 10th place, which could be crucial for the Constructors' Championship at the end. So Alex has started off brilliantly like he uh, was brilliant last year. He is a delightful man and here he is having a chat with myself and Betty. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. The message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 for three months required. New subscribers only. Renew for 12 months to lock in savings. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com. Marketers and advertisers, brands big and small. You've been after a special someone for a while now. You think they're into you. I mean, you share the same interests, both passionate about the same stuff. Why wouldn't they be? Wait, there's a moment of silence. It's finally just you two alone. They're waiting. Go on, shoot your shot. You've got a voice. Use it now. Hearts are racing. Breathing becomes heavier. This is your chance to win them over. So what are you going to say? Get closer to your audience. Make podcast ads with Acast. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, very honored to be one of, I'm not your first guest, but I'm guessing I'm one of the first few. Well, you were the very first Formula One driver voice on this podcast on episode one. For those who missed episode one, we were at Silverstone when Williams were doing their shakedown. But, Alex, you'd lost your voice, hadn't you? Alex, you sounded like absolute shit that day, I'm not going to lie. Oh, and I felt like poop. I had, uh, what do you call it, um, tonsillitis. I had um, a viral one too. <sighs> Pretty much after that day, I was in bed rest for about a week. And I, I lost like four and a half kilos, which is, for me... When, when we're like racing and we're, we're, we're always trying to shave off half a kilo or gain half a kilo, we're always, weight is such a big thing for us. All the winter training, all of that kind of stuff, it all went into the bin. I'm still the lightest I've been for about three or four years. But for those that don't know, Alex was also, and when we say poorly, really poorly last year, we want you to stay well for a bit now. You've had your fair share of illnesses. I've, I'm, I've never been to the hospital I'm, I've um, broken a few bones and that kind of stuff, but being sick or whatever, never, ever, ever. And then last year, I, th- I took three trips to the hospital. There was a crash in Silverstone. I had appendicitis. And then obviously to the, this year already started off not great. And um, I feel like I'm getting old and frail. <laughs> 
Alex, you're 26, okay? <laughs> you're 26. Now, now I think about it. I think it's all the it's it's doing too much. It's all the it's all the marketing and this and everything that that just what immune system Podcast gets low. Appearances. Yeah, 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 <laughs> literally. So I think we've got to keep it short, guys, because um, I gotta I gotta recover. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But yeah, <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> gotta protect him. I, I shouldn't dis. I, I know I do this too much dissing marketing. Like my manager is sometimes he's like Alex. You know you gotta <laughs> if you want to get sponsors, you can't <laughs> you can't be so. Um, Against it all the time. <laughs> right, t- let, let's move away from Alex being ill to a a positive. Uh, Alex, would you like to know a proper accolade here? Please. In Bahrain, you drove a fantastic race to 10th and you were even my driver of the day on myself and Greg James' little post-race bonus podcast. How does that make you feel? Uh, truly honoured. It's the only accolade that uh, I respect and um, I believe to be true, so... I don't know who to thank, but... Um... Well, me, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Christian described you as phenomenal at Bahrain. That's uh, very high words from a, from a highly respected pundit. So thank <laughs> oh, you go on, much. Christian. Bloody hell. Clip that up. I'll get taken. Remember that. I'm taking that, yeah. Highly respected. Alex Albert. It was. I was, I was super happy. It was um, completely unexpected. We were... Not in the trenches, but we were struggling through through testing, and then we came back into the weekend with a bit of a different setup. You know, we worked hard. We were in Bahrain in between. We stayed out, and we just spent a bit of time going through all our data, and and then we came back with a with a much better car. It's different to obviously, you know, someone like Max who's just won the race. It's clear where the happiness comes from and where where the team gets their motivation from. From but for us, it's it's different because obviously we have different we have different goals. We have different a different sense of achievement. Uh, and that's something which actually, personally speaking, took a bit of time to get used to, but points feel like wins for us. You know, it, it generally feels like, you know, it, it's, it's not been an easy couple of years for us. So when we when we can finish in the top 10, it, it does mean a lot. And I was at the factory yesterday and it's just nice to be able to, more than anything, be able to give motivation and, and the reward to the team for all the work they've done over the winter and, and, and you know, developing the car from last year. So, you know, it's slightly different to a top team, how we, what we consider goals and, and achievements. And to get a point was, uh, it definitely wasn't on our strategist's prediction statistic page that he always goes on about. We were ranked a little bit further back. And I think our goal was to finish, you know, around 15th, 16th would have been a very optimal race. So to come back with a point was... Uh, yeah, very good. I, I imagine you're the sort of guy that loves a spreadsheet. I saw a video um, online about you explaining how you had to convince Williams to take you on and you made a spreadsheet, every, all your times on it, like everything on it. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Um, it was it was a paper to explain, this is how good I am. It's a shark world. It's like anything. I'm sure there are, there, every business that's at the top of what they're doing, banking or you know whatever it may be, it's very competitive out there and I knew there was two or three other people, drivers, who could take that seat and I had to show that I was worth it more than the other two or three. So that was basically why I did it. I'm not going to say it It made, It was the reason why, why I got chosen, but it, it definitely played a part. And your rookie teammate, Logan, did quite well as well, didn't he? He, well. he finished 12th. Yes, he did super yeah, well. Yeah, what did you make of that? Yeah, really good. I mean, he's, he's been quick from, from the first time he's got into the car. I think people possibly don't realise just how, well, I believe he's very talented. You know, some people 
uh, it takes a bit of time, but every time he's in the car, he's quick. So it's great to to have him on board. And you know, he was not far away from me at all during during qualifying and and during the race. So he keeps me on my toes. You know how it is with teammate battles and all that kind of stuff. Um, you always want to beat each other, but on the global picture, on the on the bigger side of things, it's good because we're pushing each other, but also uh, we're pushing the factory. We, we have the same issues with the car. We're trying to to get the team to you know to improve these areas and when you have common feedback when you're saying the same things it really does help put the message in a stronger position because obviously if you know if, if if the car's in a certain place and the two drivers are saying different things it can actually be quite difficult to develop the car because you don't really know what side you want to take whereas we're we're very similar uh, you've just said lots of really nice things about logan that you're similar that he's jumped in that he's really talented uh, and obviously, uh, we've heard a lot that you guys are getting on well and you guys have got to work well together to improve the car. Great. We might have something that might ruin that. Um, Logan was our guest on episode one and we spoke a little bit about you and most of it was positive. Okay. But something did crop up. <laughs> now, I've, I want to I want to play you this. You can trust someone with a lot of pets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if this is controversial, but I feel like you can... You can trust him with a lot of dogs. Yes. Mm. Isn't, isn't, isn't Alex? Isn't Alex? He's got, cat cats. He's got, he's got cats. some. No, he's definitely got some dog. How 13, many cats? 13, 13 cats, one dog, and one horse. See, okay. All of a sudden. No, he's a murderer. Oh. He's, a, he's a murderer. Now you have to question can you trust someone with 13 cats? <laughs> also, like, cat 13, famously an unlucky number. Cats are famously sort of shifty creature. Do you hang out with Alex? Like, do you do things? Certainly doesn't together? after this recording. <laughs> well, I found out it's thirteen cats. So. <laughs> he's 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 worried about me being a dog person, huh? A cat person, even. Yeah, he said you can trust someone with a lot of dogs, not necessarily with a lot of of cats. And then and then he found out that you had thirteen cats, Alex. <laughs> And he wasn't. He wasn't impressed. He was worried. How would you like to respond, Alex Album? I think the dog and cat debate is a little bit like if you've got a problem with one of them, you're not an open-minded person. <laughs> so if you're if you're one or the other, it's um, discrimination towards the other animal, and that's just not the mindset and the wokeness that you need in in this day and age. So for me, I I have no problem with dogs or cats. I have only one dog. It's true, but I have thirteen cats. That's not to say I don't like dogs. <laughs> That's just the way it is. So I've seen people, they have spiders, they have snakes, rats, whatever it may be. I'm all inclusive. I think Logan's the one that can't be trusted because he's the one um, who doesn't like cats. So I swing it back to Logan. <laughs> Christian, we're causing beef in the Williams team just here. just stirring it. In fact, <laughs> Do you know what, Alex? I'm obsessed with the fact that you've got 13 cats. Mm. Like, how did this happen? Talk us through it. What are their names? <laughs> how do I say this? <laughs> so we've always had a lot of animals growing up as a kid, um, but then it started to get a little bit excessive. There, I have four other siblings. My mum is um, definitely an animals person. And suddenly everyone started to go to uni. I started to go into F1. Bit by bit, the the house got more and more empty, and I think to replace humans, she she brought in animals and and became the typical cat lady that everyone knows. <laughs> so we started off with with a bunch of cats. They were called. We had four to begin with: Amani, Gucci. I don't know why there was one called Lucky because you need a cat called Lucky. Absolutely. Another one called Prada. 
we got another one called Hugo for Hugo Boss. That, there was a bit of synergy. You can understand why we chose the names. And then we got two more because the builders in who came to our house had two cats that they well, they gave birth. So we, we thought, why not? They were called Duck and Goose. <laughs> At that point, we're, we're touching... How many is that? That's, that's seven cats. And you thought, okay, that you can draw the line there. That's enough cats. That's it. You know, we don't need more than that. Um, but then... And this is where it gets a bit strange to me. This is a bit I can't understand is um, the same builders suddenly had another litter. Oh, my um, God. I think one of my sisters and my mum were like, oh, we, we want one of them or whatever, which I was very against because at the time that that's too many. I came back from a race and then four more arrived. Four? Yeah. yeah they, they took four of the litter. <laughs> I, I am a cat person, but I'm not, I'm not like that. The family has made me look crazy. The dog, we just had a, got a dog. That somehow made its way after I got back from a race weekend. That's just, that's how it is, you know. And we have a horse. The horse is not obviously in the house. Yeah, that, that lives in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That one's in a, our, our neighbour has a, uh, like a field. So that that is brilliant. Firstly, please keep us updated on the pet situation throughout the season. If there are more, if more pets arrive, if after if after Emily, you come back and there's a new cat, we'd like to know. I'll I'll keep you posted. If we were to have this conversation and we have more pets, I don't know what's. I mean, already it's borderline kind of midlife crisis having that many cats at home. <laughs> While we're on the subject of other Formula One drivers on this podcast talking about you. Uh, you also cropped up in another of our interviews we did with George Russell. Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. Funny you should say that because I sort of challenged him on his reputation for having his top off on the internet a lot. He said that that was you making more of a thing out of that than that was actually the case. He thought he was being unfairly represented. Not at all because... um... I think he's got his girlfriend taking his photos for him nowadays. I, I think he's, um, he can do what he wants. Of course, I have no, no say in it. But I just like to point it out. I follow most drivers on Instagram and I just see his body more than, more than most. And, and that's his choice. But I, th- I do think he, he understands his um, fan base. Yeah. He knows what works for him. So good for him. <laughs> yeah, I think there are a couple of fan demographics there. Um <laughs> What if you ever fancy a couple of topless pictures for the gram? I have thought of that, yes. It's just not my kind of thing. Not to say... It's just not you. Yeah, it's not me. I mean, no. you know what? I've been... Re- especially if you look at the last... Look at most of the drivers last week in Bahrain. A mm. lot of topless. I did notice that, Alex. I did notice a lot of topless drivers. You know, good for them. Um, I think I'm going to keep it on for now, the shirt. Yeah. But do you know what? Yeah. If you if I mean, you ever need more followers, you know, if, if ever Williams are like, look, Alex, you need to sort your social media game out, you know what to do. I do, I do. I, I know the plan. I know I know how to increase engagement. What cats? True. Cats cats and maybe an OnlyFans. <laughs> and then I think we can we can we can consider it. I think I'm I'm I I reckon George should honestly start thinking about it. <laughs> At least move the content yeah. across. So then we can have a bit more professional content on his Instagram and then he can satisfy the needs of of other people there over there. I would love to hear that conversation with Toto Wolf. What what is only fans? He could, imagine that. <laughs> imagine he has like a personal sponsorship on his helmet just across the top. <laughs> and that's just an untapped market, so I think we need to again, we just need to be open minded. <laughs> 
Can you imagine George with follow my OnlyFans account across his helmet? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but look, Alex, you don't need to do OnlyFans. You don't need to do topless <laughs> photos because you've got yourself a girlfriend and she's a professional golfer and I'm obsessed. I love it. Yeah, she's um, she's a very good golfer. She's um, And it's cool. You know, I think more than anything, it's amazing to know um, I have someone who really gets the world of competition and, and high-end sports because... You know, she's doing her thing. She's on the road more than I am, actually. You know, they, they tend to do upwards of like 30 tournaments a year, which is huge. We know our personalities. We know what makes us tick. Of course, you know, we have to sacrifice a lot um, in our relationship for our sports. But wow. we understand that. So it's it's nice. Are you competitive with each other? Two like elite level sports people? It's it's uh, during COVID, especially, I really got to see that side of Lily. We ended up doing a lot of online gaming. She wasn't holding back at all. She was on the front foot. You could see it in her eyes, and I was like, "Yeah, respect." <laughs> because also, I am. I don't. I don't look like it. I think because I'm a bit more of a jolly man. But um, there is a lot of deep, deep um, competitiveness in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can imagine you both like in your kitchen in the morning, and then like someone starts trying to. F- throw some like foil in the bin or whatever and then like you're just having a competition on who can get the foil in the bin or whatever just like every little thing turns into like a, a competition it's true it's true we did a we did an iq test and an eq test it was nice because i beat her on both <sighs> and really really just i had to put that bit out there as well um, she she hates it i'm the smart one in this relationship <laughs> will she hear this she will yes and she will bring this up <laughs> Uh, but, but that's just the way it goes she's better at golf than you though Alex so far better far better she definitely has me on that one um she does try to teach me it's actually hard but can you imagine when she tells me how to play I just don't listen like it's really oh yeah I couldn't cope with it's, it it's it's one of them things where you're like yeah. anyone else could tell me and I would most probably listen but because it's her I don't <laughs> It's almost like, no, 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 you're telling me wrong. No, no, look, look, see, I've done what you said and it's gone off. Like, that's not correct. Her coach is now <laughs> teaching me how to play rather than her. Oh, so you've stolen her coach now? <laughs> she, she said, listen, Alex, you're unteachable. Because also, I can sympathise with this. If I had to teach you guys, I don't know if you guys know how to drive. Maybe you can drive decently around London or wherever. But in terms of on a track, if you have zero experience how to drive a racing car or what a racing line is, or any of this kind of stuff, um, I wouldn't know where to start with you because <laughs> because it's just like it's almost alien to me that you don't know the the basics. Like I, I wouldn't even know where. To, how do I even start? Do I put a cone? It's been drilled into you since age six. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But uh, for her, she said to me with golf, I asked her like, you know, what's going wrong, and she's just like everything. It's all wrong. That's that's a slightly offensive, but I understand, and I'll. <laughs> I'll go see your coach, Alex. I feel like we've um, you, you've got to get to the sim in a minute and do your uh, you know your testing on that. I feel like we should end on a Formula One question because I don't think we've talked about Formula One much in this interview, which is fine. We've had a brilliant time. What's what what's a good season look like? Points in the points at the first race of the season were fantastic. What's a good season for Williams this year? Um, I would have said you know we've got to start scoring points, and I didn't think it would have happened on the first race. Um, I don't think any of us expected that. 
it's going to be a bit of a different season because now instead of having three teams, Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes, Mercedes in the top three, you've now got four. Remember them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. forget Mercedes. Who's that, who's that Lewis guy? <laughs> so there's now four teams. Aston Martin have joined this kind of, let's call it the, you know, the top team battle. There's eight positions there that are almost guaranteed this year to always be in the points unless there's a reliability problem. So you've then got ninth and 10th, which are two positions available for everyone else in the in the midfield. I believe the points are going to be even harder to get, not just for ourselves, but for everyone in that midfield scrap. So if we can, you know, if we can keep fighting away and get these points, we know there's going to be a couple of tracks out there this year that we're going to um, be quick at. It's going to be interesting in, in that sense. And also on the other side of things, we've scored points in the first race, but there was a lot of things during the weekend that we know we can get lap time. We know there's a couple of short-term little things that will really give us a couple of tenths, a few tenths, hopefully. And then that's really putting us into the midfield battle. So hopefully hopefully we can score some more points because it also helps me because then I get um, bonus money. Oh, well, we want that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just got to get the money. Got to get the money, Alex. Alex, very finally, Saudi is a quick circuit round two. Does that mean potential of some more points? Yes, I believe so. This result in Bahrain has kind of put a bit of fire in, in not just myself, but everyone in the factory. I really think we can do a good job. So yes, Jed is going to be tricky because it's um, it's just a hard track. I enjoy it a lot. It's it's one of them circuits where you put it on the line. You've got to really push and be close to getting, you know, within centimetres, millimetres of the wall sometimes. If everything's going well, you can really make a difference around there. We'll give it a go. That's why we're in the sim. We're, we're here for two, two, three days because we know that there are a couple of, as I said before, there's a couple of tracks, a few tracks during the year. We know we're going to be in a really good position. This is not one of them three, but it's, it's you know, four or five in, in that sense. So, so we, we think we've got a good chance. You look thrilled at the fact you've got to go in the sim, Alex. <laughs> You're just like... <sighs> yeah, we've got... Uh, I spent so many days in this dark room and winter's the worst because you arrive at you know 8 30 whatever it, it's night time it's dark still when you're when you come in and then when you leave you leave at about 7 p.m so it's also dark when you leave um it's the back cave it can be a bit depressing sometimes <laughs> well good luck have fun <laughs> <laughs> on that positive note yeah. honestly alex from a fan's perspective it was great seeing you do so well for williams last year it's been great seeing you jump in and start on another strong footing this year. You've jumped in and immediately carried on from last year. It's awesome to see. We we, uh, we love Team Williams on the Fast and the Curious. Uh, so we are excited to check. Will he, will he come back home? Will, will he check in with us again later in the season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if I'm at home or whatever, I can I can show you I can show you the cats and the dog. Oh my God, that's going to take three hours to get through all your bloody cats. I'll line them up in a row and I'll just swing by like a quick... It'll be like an F1 intro, but just the cats. Alex, we've loved having you on. Good luck in Saudi. We'll speak to you soon. Oh, Alex, he he was one of my favourite drivers. I say this every single time we speak to a driver. I'm always like, they're my favourite. But I actually, me and Christian finished that chat with him and we were just like, oh, that was so much fun. He's a lovely man. And and he's, he has a reputation for being a nice man in Formula One. And it's completely true. And he's very funny. I don't think people quite see the funny side of him on the race weekend. Alex is properly funny. So yeah, we'll check in with Alex throughout the season. And I hope for more points from him in Saudi Arabia as well, because his starts of the season 
season was fantastic. Yeah, and as he said at the end of that chat, um, he was off to go and do the sim. Now, loads of drivers have told us about the sim. A lot of them can't stand it because they have to do it quite a lot. Christian, for those new listeners, can you just explain what the sim is? Because drivers seem to just live in it. Well, you can't really do much testing in Formula One nowadays in order to keep costs down and keep the impact on the planet down. So what's the next best thing? Well, it's a simulation. So the sim is basically a load of screens with a steering wheel on it. And imagine you've got renders almost of the car that exist on the computer. Well, they then test that in a digital virtual world. Think super realistic computer game. And you've got a sim, an F1 sim. I want one. I uh, They're quite expensive. Yeah, I want a Formula One team to buy me one. <laughs> we'll put it out there on the podcast, Greg, and hopefully someone will listen. I want to have a go on one, at least. I'd love to have a go, because it's, you know, like it's Sega Rally without putting a quid in. <laughs> the F1 PlayStation games are really good. And Xbox. And- I want to sit in a seat and have pedals and a... I want to have a wheel. Pierre Gasly, who was on our last podcast, and obviously Alex Sexy Albon. Sexy Gasly. Sexy Gasly. Um, actually showed me and Christian their sims because they turned the camera around and showed us. And it is like the size of a... Like, it's like the width of a wall. Like, it is so, so massive. It's not what I visualised in my head. Okay, great. So one of the rich uh, teams, please buy me a simulator. Let's move on now to talk about the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix, which is happening this weekend. We've been doing this podcast for over, just over 20 days now. We've only had one bloody race. Time for another one. Christian, what do we need to know about Jeddah? There's only been two Saudi Arabian Grand Prix before. It is a very fast circuit. Lots of uh, long straights. We said earlier... There are lots of corners because there are some tight, twisty bits. Also, some of the corners are just pretty much flat out straights anyway. 27 corners, to be exact. 27. Wow. Good knowledge from Betty Glover. Uh, Lewis Hamilton won in 2021, where he had a fantastic battle with Max Verstappen in that championship year. uh, And Max won last year. Betty, you said to me at the end of the last, well, the start of the last episode, you were worried about how much Red Bull won by. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. Mid-season development is really important in Formula One nowadays. The teams work on the cars throughout the season. Just a quick question about this mid-season development, which I quite, I'm interested in, because if you're Mercedes now, presumably back at the factory, they are working round the clock. They are panicking. It is all hands to the pump. Probably the scene there. Am I right? Yes, you are. At Red Bull... Will they also be going, okay, well, we're ahead at the moment and our car looks like the best car, but let's not get complacent. Will they also be working all round the clock to ensure they stay ahead or develop more? How does that work? On that, Greg, actually, Eleanor was thinking the same thing as you. She um, has got in touch with us and she's asked the question, what can be changed throughout the season to improve performance? So good question, right, Christian? Great question from me and Eleanor. Thank you, Eleanor. Well done, Greg and Eleanor. (laughs) Well done, guys. Let me go to Greg first. Mercedes will hope that they will be able to find some obvious fixes Red Bull have already grabbed the low-hanging fruit. They're already quick. It might be harder for them to find even more development and even more speed because they're already so bloody quick. Then to go on to Eleanor's point about mid-season development, the teams work throughout most of the season to make the car faster. 
some of that is easier to do than others. So if you notice that there's a bit on your front wing that could make the air go in a better place and give you a bit more speed, a slight tweak to the front wing is easy to do. And it's also cheap to do. It's easy to do because you've only got a couple of weeks in between races. You've not got like a three month winter break. And with the cost cap, you can't just throw unlimited money at it and almost start again. There isn't the time in between races. There isn't the money there to be able to do it. So there is certain things you can do across the year to make your car quicker, but sort of scrapping it and starting again and changing your whole principle of it, that's much more difficult to do. Are you with me? We're with you. We're, We're with, with you the you. whole way, Christian. Oh, I'm glad about that. And away from Red Bull, what about Fernando Alonso? And what are we going to expect from Aston Martin? Because, I mean, they were a bit of a shock, right? They're up in third. Yeah, they were very, very quick in Bahrain. Different cars performed differently at different tracks. And we know Aston Martin were very quick in Bahrain. Saudi Arabia is very different. It's straighter. It's faster. So I would expect them to be up, that they will be in the top third. Whether they will be quite on the podium, I think it's probably a bit too early to sell at this stage. We have to wait and see. I, for one, am very excited for the second race of the season. I'm going to sit there all Sunday. As team principal, why don't I give some useful information to our listeners on how to follow the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix. Of course, you can listen to commentary on the BBC. You can watch it on Sky Sky Sports F1 have it live. Channel 4 have the highlights. And times-wise, the Grand Prix starts at 5pm on Sunday afternoon. Okay? I like a tea time race because you can go out and do something on a Sunday and then come back and watch it. So yeah, it's a tea time race. I like that. Anyone fancy doing the TikTok live again? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. I think it'll be quite fun. <laughs> I, I really loved having Christian there uh, as my little, I don't know, information bee. We'll, we'll do that. Okay, well, if you're up for it, we'll do a little TikTok live on Sunday. Up for it. Fantastic. And we'll be back after the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. We've mentioned before, it's very important that you like or subscribe or follow this podcast, depending on whatever your provider calls it, because we could pop back up at any moment with another episode, whether it's emergency episodes, whether something exciting's happened, or whether a driver becomes a available for us to chat to and we pop up with a new episode after talking to a driver so we'll be back after the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix we'll of course talk about everything that happened in it explain the complicated bits and answer some of your questions so lovely reading all your messages so thank you so much and we will talk to you again next week bye guys bye Hi, I'm Danny Pellegrino from the Everything Iconic podcast. And who doesn't love a classic burger from McDonald's? That's right. McDonald's classic burgers are hotter, juicier, and tastier than ever. The patties are cooked to juicy perfection. I love the cheese perfectly melted on top. I love the Big Mac that has a special sauce in every bite. I love the pillowy soft golden bun. So in the words of the Hamburglar, rubble, rubble. which I believe means grab McDonald's best burgers ever before Hamburglar does at a McDonald's near you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Sarah. And this is Beth. And we are Pantsuit Politics, a podcast where we take a different approach to the news. We talk about news, we talk about politics, but we also talk about parenting and travel and pop culture and how all of that affects how we understand the world. We're really different people. Sometimes you'll hear us agree and sometimes not. 
We think that's where the fun is. We laugh and learn together and with all of you twice a week, every week. Pantsuit Politics is about engaging with each other and the news without the anxiety and the frustration. We hope you'll join our conversation every Tuesday and Friday because politics doesn't have to be exhausting. Our listeners tell us it's like time spent with your good friends who did their homework. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>